Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Here's a little Matt fact for you since I interviewed Matt Hardy, host of The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. When he slapped a tornado and he dried up a sea, he did that because he was worried about the online trackers. He was worried about the annoying pop-up ads and the malware that they just threw at him. But he didn't need to do all that. He didn't need to slap a tornado. He didn't need to dry up a sea. All he needed was nordvpn.com slash fightful. You get a great deal and an additional month free plus 30-day money-back guarantee if you don't like it. This lets you change your virtual location with just one click. It avoids geo-blocking, price discrimination. It's a good time. You don't want to be on that unsecured Wi-Fi when you're traveling like Matt, like Matt Hardy does. I'm, I'm so anxious I, I almost stuttered over myself because I don't want you to get hacked. I don't want you to have to go through all the, the hurdles that Matt Hardy had to for this. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Get that threat protection and all of the perks of NordVPN.com slash Fightful. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Fightful. Here with a name you know. The last time I talked to you in person on camera was in front of this, this beautiful skyline in Toronto in 2019. SummerSlam. I mean, things have changed a lot since then. You're in you're in AEW. I don't know if I've interviewed you since you've been in AEW. Uh, I don't think you have. I do remember that. It was a beautiful view. It was Toronto skyline. Yeah. The uh, heart. It was the Polson Pier. Is what it was. The Polson Pier. And uh, I, I talked to you about that stage of your career and your creativity, and that's something people get to hear about every week on your podcast. Yes. The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, which I'm very excited to talk about. What made now the right time to do a podcast? I mean, I think I'm kind of in a transitional period in my career. You know, obviously this year it'll be 30 years I've been taking bumps and my bump card is pretty full. I, I probably have multiple bump cards that are pretty full. Uh, so it is time I feel like to kind of transition into a, a new area, something that I can do later when I can't take bumps. So I feel like this is a good time. And I'm almost like a modern guy who's still in the midst of it in a, in a main company on a major platform. And I can still revisit the past and talk about the present. So that's that's actually something I wanted to talk about was your bump card. Because 20 years ago when you and your brother, Edge, Christian, mm -hmm. Bubba Ray, Devon are doing these types of matches, I know you heard all the interviews, all the old timers at the time that are like, they're not going to last. They're not going to last. Now, granted, there were some gaps with Edge and Christian. But if Devon hadn't been forced into retirement, all of you would still be working right now, which correct, like is that's kind of mind boggling because everybody swore up and down that your careers would be over within 10 years, much less 
20 years. I mean, they, they told Jeff for years and years and years, like, brother, you're not going to be able to walk when you're 35. You got to <laughs> slow down. You're not going to be able to walk when you're 35. It's, it's amazing. And, like, we, we look at that and, like, the bases, Devon and Bubba Ray are the closest to not wrestling right now. Devon, right. Devon doesn't wrestle. He's unfortunately had some health issues. And uh, Bully Ray is getting back into bookings. But, like, when, when you see that stuff now and there are people making, like, taking risks that are maybe seen as unnecessary, are you like, well, that was me once and it didn't end up so bad for me? You know, I, I don't have any uh, hatred or jealousy or, or envy of them doing that. I am very happy if they do their thing. And, like, I feel like I'd be the biggest hypocrite if I told them they're doing too much and not me. So I'm, I'm down with it. And I'm down with the evolution of pro wrestling. You know, as AEW, I feel like it is once again evolving into something different again. If anything, if there's any envy or jealousy within me, it's just that I can't do it all now. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be the only thing. I wish I still could flip out like all these young, young cats. Yeah. I mentioned the podcast earlier. Would you like to bury John Alba? I I would love it if you buried John Alba. I think that would be great. He's not here, so we can say pretty much whatever we want. For, his hair is terrible, first off. Well, I mean, we, we do have a, uh, a burial site on the Hardy Compound. I mean, we could lay him to rest. There you go. Maybe I we mean, could dump him in the Lake of Reincarnation and see if he, he comes needs up to something different first. He needs it. He definitely needs it. But... Like, as we've seen with the podcast so far, like, you go really in-depth with stuff. I just sat here and watched you all film the last 20 minutes of one. Right. And, like, the recall is amazing. Like, for for every detail, like, specific movements and body motions and things like that that could mean more. They may, Maybe they don't mean anything. Right. Like, I mean, that that is so in-depth. Is there anything specifically besides the Broken Universe that when the podcast came up, you were like, this is a topic I have to tackle. People need to know more about it. I mean, most anything I've done in my career, I think you can go into depth on it. And I've always enjoyed whenever you hear stories from, you know, a famous singer or a favorite actor, there's always so many behind-the-scenes deals that are so surprising and unique and different, and you just don't know the circumstances that surrounds everything. And I love being able to, you know, disclose those things and tell people the stories because a lot of them – are really funny. Even the thing like, you know, I mentioned in the final deletion, how literally we sent it into the office to our bosses at the very last second so they couldn't stop it from airing on TV. And I was telling you before we went on the air, like when I would get those TNA screeners, mm -hmm. I would have people in WWE hit me up for the Vimeo link. And they would be like, hey, do you have the screener for the show? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And it's probably why they don't hand them out anymore. <laughs> but uh, like they were, they were so excited to watch it. And you've got a collection of these stories that, like, I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, of course Jericho is not going to come to me and say, watch that final deletion, loved it. Right. But, like, you've got that experience and those stories that, that haven't been shared before. Like, the way that you came up in wrestling, how has that changed? Because I remember, like, back in, in the late 90s, I mean, a lot of that, that was discouraged outright. Yeah, I, I mean, in, in all honesty, too, I mean, Wrestling has just changed drastically. When we started in the 90s, it was the wild, wild west. I mean, literally, you were going to come in and you were going to get hazed and they were going to see if you had, you know, the balls to stick around or whatever it may be. I mean, it was a different world. And as society has changed, so has pro wrestling. You know, especially here at AEW, it, it really mirrors society in many ways. You know, we try and be fair across the board. And I don't think we look at fans or even people who are wrestling reporters, we don't look at them as a less than now. 
You know what I mean? I feel like everyone kind of is, is on the same level and equal and people are treated as such. So that's one of the definitely, that's definitely one of the good things that has come out of the last 20, 25 years of pro wrestling. Like people in general uh, are just treated better and more like human beings. I mean, I've always said you were one of the first wrestlers that treated me like a human being. And I never forgot that. Like, you didn't treat me like I was, which I was probably digging for a scoop in our interviews or something like that. But, uh, like, it's because I want to learn stuff. Like, I, I love wrestling, and it's like, I want to learn as much about wrestling as I can, yeah. then share what I learn with other people. Because it's the most unique art form, entertainment form there is. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's fine. I mean, I'm sure guys like, you know, the Young Bucks or, you know, even Tony Khan, Kenny Omega, whoever to that degree, I mean, they can interact with whoever that is a wrestling journalist that probably is looking for the scoops. That doesn't mean you have to give them the scoops. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can give them insight into to whatever you would like or, you know, if they have certain questions about certain things, you can give them insight and whatnot. But once again, kayfabe is, uh, is as real or as not real as you personally make it. I always say nobody owes me information. I owe my readers information. And that's like that's what you're doing. You're providing your audience information, things. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash fightful it's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with better help that's betterhelp.com slash fightful that it's it's that combination of the thing they're familiar with and then adding things they didn't know to make them enjoy it more right and i think that's that's a great approach especially with your recall that i mentioned because as i sat here and listened to you talk about the broken universe mm -hmm. i was like my gosh. And then John ran through things and you're like, no, it wasn't inspired by that. It was inspired by this. And like the fact that there are so many little things like that, that, that keep coming up are, are pretty amazing. One of my favorite episodes is big money, Matt. Mm. And you talked about the inspiration from the Italian stallion. Yes. And we had heard about you being booked from the Italian stallion. But then when you look at the gimmick that you portrayed, it's like, Oh my God, of course. Yeah. 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 It fits. So like, <laughs> and, and especially the way Private Party were, were were the perfect team to begin that with because they are legitimate like huge Hardy Boys fans. Yeah, like they grew up loving us, and it, to them it's so cool to get to work with me. So of course, if I'm going to do something along the lines of an Italian stallion, I'm gonna take, you know, take advantage of these young innocent guys and like you know fill my pockets with their money. Were there any like specific lines that you remember him saying to you 
that that maybe you echoed to private party? Uh, I mean, he didn't use the terminology we fee, but I mean, I, I remember the very first time that we went up there, we drove like miles away from the arena and he like literally pulled over the van. He's like, all right, guys, if you want to go to the next town, I'm going to need 66% of your money. Cool. That's the booking fee. Yeah. And then it was like, so if you don't give them the money, they just dump you on the woods and you got to hitchhike 14 hours back home. Is that, is that what happens? You don't get to go again. So, I mean, th that was like just my inspiration. There was not necessarily a specific uh, phrase. Or I, once in a while, I think I did call them one time a fruit. That was a big <laughs> yes. Italian saying terminology. He said, oh, brother, don't be a fruit. And his guys would say that it was his regulars. I remember I wrestled Crush in an enhancement match back on WWE TV in 1994. And I flexed. I had a pretty decent set of lats at that time. I'm a young, attractive, yeah. uh, cute kid who uh, has a pretty good build, small waist. And I flex out my lats. And he goes, brother, what are you doing? He said, you're a fruit. You don't flex in the ring with crush, brother. Don't be a fruit. <laughs> that's where that that's where that word really set in for me there. I, I mean, I remember growing up watching you and Jeff before you got signed. And you all were on TV so much. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were signed. Tony Schiavone grew up watching me, too. He tells me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that's, our, that's our ongoing joke. Well, I mean, Tony Schiavone, he just needs to grow up. That guy just needs to grow up. Uh, but I, I remember seeing you and Jeff on TV so much that it, like, I thought you were signed. At any point, was there, like, a consideration of doing WCW extra work? Yeah. Uh, and there actually was. The, and maybe this is why they told us. They told us, like, uh, late, late 96, early 97, that they were interested in doing something with us. Just keep coming. Keep doing what you're doing. We're going to start giving you more dark matches. We're going to look at you and evaluate you. And we just kind of thought they were full of shit. And at the end of 97, they did tell us that they planned on signing us. And I want to say there was one moment where one of the agents there said, look, guys, just hang in there. They're going to do something with you. I promise. I promise they're going to do something. And they did. They signed us in the beginning of 98. At the same time, ECW was plucking up a lot of up-and-coming people. Had you ever had a conversation with Paul Heyman? Before, before we signed, we were about to go work with some of the ECW guys. Really? Sandman had an international tour we were going to do, and then we were also going to go have trials for ECW. That is so phenomenal. We, we, we were close to doing that. Like there, I, and I, we'd start talking to people at WCW, too. Like we, we had, I guess, like you said, we'd been, our names had been circulating around enough, and like we'd had enough dark matches where people had said, like, you know, oh, my God, these guys had a match. It was pretty good. They're a pretty yeah. decent tag team. You know, there was starting to be a little bit of buzz about us. You know, so we, we did have some other options, and, and fortunately, WWE ended up signing us up. I'm so fascinated by that, that era of your career because it's such a unique path because yeah, I've heard you talk about how a lot of people would tell you, don't do that. Don't do the enhancement stuff. There's no way to crawl out of it. Yeah. I, I think you all got out of it okay. Yeah, I think so. It worked out. <laughs> it ended up working out. I'm worth eight digits now. There you go. Uh, so, so you're signed with AEW now. How did that conversation first happen? Do you remember the first phone call you had with a Tony Khan? Uh, I, I was first, it legal? I first interacted, yes. Everything with Tony has been legal. He's, he's very he – Tony is very much on the up and up, without a doubt. Uh, the first people I talked to were, were the Young Bucks. And, like, right after my no-compete was, uh, was done, they were at my house, and we were shooting an episode of Free the Delete. Oh, that's amazing. That is amazing. And, and that, that was so cool. That, like, broke the internet. The, the two-year anniversary of that was just yesterday. And, and to your point about Tony, I was at a scrum, I think, the night that your non-compete was up. And we tried to get him, or, or maybe the night before yeah. or something, we tried to get him to talk about it. And he's like, I, I can't. 
that might be contract tampering. He's like, I gotta, I can't, I can't do that. And this was live on the air. And I was like, no, it's 1am Tony. I think you can, I think you can talk about it. Are you bringing him in? And he wouldn't have anything to do with it. Um, or I think it was maybe it, it was really close. It was revolution or it was yeah, revolution mm-hmm. right around that period. It was, it was such a wild time too. And you made your debut in front of no fans but once you got that AEW audience in, I know they had been peppered in. Mm-hmm. How did that feel for you? Because obviously you were doing something much different than when you started with AEW. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, you just, a, a lot of times in pro wrestling, you just have to live with the mentality of like, make the most out of whatever you have to work with. And, and that's what we did. I mean, God bless Tony and AEW. I mean, they survived through a pandemic like that. Yeah. You know, and he was, he went out of his way to be good to all the talent. And, and pay all the talent. And he didn't release anyone during the pandemic because he really has like strong morals when it comes yeah. to stuff like that. So in a perfect world, would I have loved to have been able to give a, a new aggressive form of a broken mat, a, a little more serious, a, a chance in AEW? Yeah, of course I would. But uh, the hand that we were dealt was it ended up being a pandemic. And then we did what we did. And then we uh, made the transition out of it, a big money mat. And that ended up working really well. I don't know, Matt. I think you might be getting a baby face pop pretty soon from that AEW Why? crowd. I, I are just people, a suspicion. Oh, people like Big Money Matt now? Yeah, I think days? so. I think I just think that Isaiah Cassidy is so hateable that you're going to get a big baby face reaction. Oh, he's going to be a big baby face Tuesday night on Dark. Oh, man. We're still together. Now, I really hope he pulls through tomorrow night. Yeah. Sorry, I don't want to spoil things, but this is one night before. This will air well after. <laughs> yeah. This will air even well after the inside joke that yeah, I'm making exactly. towards you. But uh, the extreme life of Matt Hardy – Tell the people a little bit more where they can find you and where they can check it out. Yeah, uh, you can find me anywhere on social media at Matt Hardy Brand, pretty much across the board. And The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, you can find that on my YouTube channel where you can not only listen to it, you can also watch it as well. We do an, uh, an audio and video copy, and that is at YouTube.com, Matt Hardy Brand. And you can also find us on all your favorite podcast places, Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever it may be. Myself and John Alba, we come to you and we bring you really exclusive, really uh, – Deep dives every single week on the extreme life of Matt Hardy. And eventually they're going to do a paid tier where you can delete John Alba from the broadcast. And then your numbers are going to skyrocket, pal. I like that. Making money, right? There you go. There you go. But I mean, we would just charge you a wee fee. There you go. Not, not, a, not a large charge. A wee uh, fee. Uh, not uh, a what, large what, charge. What's going on here? You're a piece of shit. What's going on here? Is that the great John Alba that I respect as a journalist and a host? Well, guys, check out The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. Matt, it's been awesome to talk to you. Oh, thanks, man. It's good to talk to you, man. Until next time, we're out.